got your Bible. I was, I don't know how it, it works for some. For me, I get the thought, and then he'll direct me to the text. Well, I got the thought and the feeling, the direction, the mind of I feel the Lord. And man, I just started writing all these texts. Not text, text, you know, text, scripture. And I wrote a bunch of them, and man, it just kind of didn't. And then Bible reading, I don't know if you're doing chronological Bible reading. The text I'm going to pull today is from our chronological Bible reading. I felt the Lord redirect me uh, to uh, the Bible reading that was a couple days, a couple days ago. I think they're excited about Sunday school. I thank God for all those kids. Thank the Lord. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. I want to reiterate, Brother Fontenot already said, our fasting uh, starts today or tomorrow for some. And I remember prayer tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, and Tuesday night here at the church, 7 o'clock. And uh, let's, let's come for a season of prayer uh, together as a body. Ezekiel 37 and verse 3. He's speaking to Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Notice, thus saith the Lord God to these bones. Bones ain't got a heart, but he's speaking to bones, the intangible. Behold, I will breathe, cause breath to enter into you, ye shall live. I will ascend you upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin. Put breath in you and ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as, the, as I prophesied there was a noise. Behold a shaking. For bones came together, bone to his bone. <clears throat> And I beheld, lo, the sinew of the flesh came up upon them. The skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy to the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon the slain that they may live. Now watch verse 10 and 11. And this is where I'm really going to launch from, but I want you to get the contextual background. So I prophesied. As he commanded me, and the breath came into them, they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Verse 11, then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried. Our hope is lost, and we are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy, say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, for my people I will open your graves, cause you to come out of your graves, bring you into the land of Israel. Verse 11, he said, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dry. We lost our hope. And we're cut off. The first part of this chapter is talking about pieces. But God saw the whole. 
but the problem was trying to get the people from pieces to hope. He's trying to put pieces back together that seemingly can't come back together. But God's got a plan to make it whole. Lift your hands and ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, I thank you today for your word. God, I'm just a man. I'm asking you today, let your word go forth with a clarity, a power, an understanding that God, the people of God, can be strengthened through your word. I ask you in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. The question that, or in the form, the title today, if you want a title, what am I going to do with the pieces? And it's more of a question that we are asking ourselves of what is God going to do with the pieces. God is, is, I mean, it's unlimited in how we could begin even this this message today uh, so many thoughts and avenues when you begin to deal with how God deals with man uh, and, and I always am privy to or prone to go back to Genesis always the book of beginnings and there we find where God created man in his own image there God took what was seemingly the innate something that had no life uh, Bible even talks about, uh, he relates to uh, calling man uh, wor- a worm and, and, and which is below the dirt. And uh, you, you see from these small inclinations in the scripture that what God did was he reached to the lowest dirt and he created man from the lowest entity. It speaks of God several things. One, God always starts from the bottom and works his way up through me in your life. God starts at a place in our life that we're the lowest. That's why a lot of people, they get frustrated when trials and storms come. Really what God's doing is, is allowing you and I to be at a low place that he can put something in us to build us to a higher place where he is. Our struggle is trying to get our eyes lifted to where he is. I've used this analogy a long time ago. The struggle with a blind individual and a seeing eye dog The story is related that they asked the trainer what's the hardest thing to do for the seeing eye dog. What's the hardest part to train that dog to to do? He said the hardest thing to train a seeing eye dog is to train the dog to have its eyes at the level of its master. The hardest thing that God has for you and I is to get our eyes lifted above the problem that we may be facing and see it from the level that God sees it from. See, because God's already at the end of the book and he already sees you and I being made whole. We're looking at the pieces saying, how in the world is all this going to come together? And God said, you don't understand. Well, you're looking at pieces that are dead and fragmented and it looks like it ain't never going to work out. But I see already the end. If I can get the wind blowing... And the word of God moving. Then anything is possible. I say on this Sunday morning. The word of God's going forth. And the wind's blowing. God's speaking to somebody that's looking at pieces. And he's saying I can put it back together. But you've got to let me put pieces back together. I got to let him. And God says I'm going to take the dirt. And I'm going to make man from what seemingly don't matter. 
the thing you trod underfoot, the thing you kicked, the thing that is discarded, I'm going to take that. What you think don't matter, I'm going to show you everything matters. And when you look at pieces and say, it just don't matter. I'm telling you every piece to the life of you in a puzzle, it mattered. From the time you woke up this morning, it mattered. From the time you prayed yesterday, it mattered. Don't let the enemy tell you your prayer didn't matter. Your life don't matter. Your marriage don't matter. I'm reaching for somebody's marriage right now. That marriage matters. Don't throw in the towel now. You've got kids that are going to have to pick up the pieces. God took the insignificant dirt to paint to us a very clear picture that everything matters. I know the saying, don't sweat the small things, and I understand the, the, the mindset behind it. Yeah, don't fret, I get it. But it needs to be added to that saying, I'm not going to fret it because I know God has got it under control. I'm not going to discount it because it don't matter. I'm going to say it does matter. This working out matters. My family coming together matters. My mind being whole matters. My emotion being, don't let the enemy tell you if God wanted to heal me, then he'd have done it a long time ago. Don't you buy into that. It matters. Your health matters. Your mental faculties matter. Your emotional well-being matters. Your family matters. And God says, I'll now take that what seemingly is dead, dirt, and I'm going to begin to fashion it and make it. And I'm going to build it. I'm going to take out things it don't matter. I'm waiting to see if some of you caught it. Everything matters. Because when he created Adam, there was nothing for him to take out. It was perfect from the beginning. God's intent for you and I is to reach a level of spiritual maturity and spiritual perfection. And he gives us a picture from the beginning. What seemingly don't matter, I created with wholeness from the beginning. So your ending is already whole if you'll just let God kind of come in with a big old backhoe and begin to scoop up all the pieces and say, I'm ready to start putting some things back together. I'm ready to start putting some disillusionments of yesterday back together. I'm ready to start putting together some disappointments from yesterday that you... Oh, come on, somebody. Uh, but my heart is part. It's like Jesus. I think it's in Mark 8. There's an old fella blind. He's blind. And Jesus comes and spits. I think it's Mark 8. It might be John 6. Regardless, Jesus spits. And I ain't had nobody spit in my eye of recent. Unless the preacher's right over you, thank God for windshields. I think you're doing that out of defense. <laughs> it ain't acid. My breath good. And this old boy was blind. 
And Jesus just hurled up a good old spitball. And spit. What? Who do you think you are? The guy didn't say that. He took the spit. Why? Because the spit mattered. How many things have come into our life that we fight and get mad over that was nothing more than something to cause us to become what we need to be? I'm not advocating go spit on your neighbor for a healing. But let's bring truth into context. He spit. There ain't no way to clearly cut that. That's just honking nasty. It's nasty. But Jesus says, And the guy says, listen, it wasn't complete. I see men as trees. Now, I know enough about Jesus. Jesus don't make no mistakes. If he spit in your eye and it didn't work, it ain't because his spit wasn't good enough. He's got another motive. Now, this is me. Trees symbolize corruption, symbolize things that are eroding. It's going to fade away, but it symbolizes in the Old Testament corruption. It's corruptible. The ark was made of tree, but then overlaid in gold. Why? It shows the dual nature of Jesus Christ. He was fully God and fully man. The ark was that. It was made of wood but overlaid in gold. It showed the nature of humanity and it showed the fullness of divinity and the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him but all of the Godhead dwelt in him. I've often pondered it in my heart and, and asked the question even to myself, those that would ascribe to a multiplicity of gods. If the scripture says all dwelt in him bodily, the Bible says all, all is all. It's every bit, right, Brother Wade? then how in the nature of a, of, of a triunity that says God's eternal, according to the doctrine of the Trinity, it says they're co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existent. That's the doctrine. That's the creed. That's the doctrine of the Trinity. How can you equally divide it when God says all dwelt in him bodily? If he's co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent, how did you come down and cut the pie and say, here's where the line is? But when you understand the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily, all of it dwelt in him. There's no question of how to cut it. It was God in the beginning now took up residence in that body. And that when he took on a name that was above every name, it's not another name of a multiplicity of gods. But when I say Jesus, you just said burning bush. You said the Father. You said the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the ending. You said the whole. When you say Jesus, you said all of the fullness of the Godhead is in him bodily and this is the, the tree that's corruptible and this old boy said I see trees speaking of corruption and this is what I felt the Lord shared with me brother Kyle he had his eyes on what man did to him that was wrong. Corruption. The wrong that was done to this man had blinded him from seeing the things of God. Let's bring it down to where you and I, how many times has something been done to us 
by man or flesh. Somebody in the flesh operated ill toward you and I. They said something hurtful. They, they did something mean. They, they did something opposing to you and I. And what Jesus was trying to get him to see is, is let me tell you what got you in your predicament. Maybe God blinded you because you couldn't see and couldn't handle the things of humanity well enough and you couldn't deal with the pieces that have been in your life because of what man did or man has done or situations that didn't work out like you wanted them to work out. And Jesus says, let me show you the problem. Everything's in pieces because of the corruption that man has done against you. But now let me show you now. You're looking at pieces and you're looking at death and you're looking at things that seemingly will never change. But let me go now a little bit further. And he said he spit again. And this time when he touched his eyes he began to see more clearly. And he began to see God's got an ability to remove things out of your eyesight that causes you and I to trip and stumble. Oh, come on somebody. You... Who's going to get honest and say, I tripped up over what they said. I got offended over what they said. I got a, an issue with what they said. Jesus is here today saying, those are just pieces. Let me make your sight whole. Who would get honest enough and say, that old song that made it up, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, that's a lie from hell. I hate that nursery. Rhyme. Words hurt, brother Wade. Don't care how tough we are. They hurt. They hurt. And things come against our heart and our spirit. But what Jesus is trying to show you and I, that no matter what flesh has done, no matter what difficult situation we've been through, no matter what our eyes has looked at and said, that's just not right and it's wrong. If we somehow can look at those pieces and remember what he told Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I did this in the beginning. I'm going to do this for you. I'm looking at broken pieces scattered everywhere and it looks like it's never going to work out and it's never going to come together and I'm never going to overcome this. I'm telling you, God does his best work work with pieces. He can put those pieces back together in your family, in your home, in your ministry, in your mind, but you got to let him do it. Jesus could have did it the first time. I think whether it was for the old blind boy or it was for us, God's showing us if we let what's right before our eyes become the fixation. You with me? I become fixated on the problem instead of being fixated on what God can do. I'm fixated on the problem and rightfully so. Folks, I'm not superhuman. I got the same feelings you got. Emotions are connected to that problem. And something about men, we just want to be right. Wives, don't nudge him now. I'm working right now. We just want to be right. And the truth of it is, we can be wrong. Nobody's perfect. And if we're not careful, the emotion connected to it causes us now to look at these situations. Jesus gives us an example, but back to Genesis. He gave us the pattern, and now Ezekiel. Israel's in disarray. It's gone. The nation's gone. 
what was meaningful and unified and supposed to have been the apple of God's eye for that time and dispensation is over. It, it didn't even just start with this. It goes all the way back to Jeroboam and Rehoboam and them dividing the kingdom. It was never intended for that. So from the very beginning of Israel, it was broken to pieces. The nation was broken to pieces. I've seen it before, not just in nations. I've seen it in churches. I've seen it in families. A calamity comes. A crisis comes. Self-will comes. Selfishness comes. Disillusionments come. Letdowns come. Hurts come. Offenses come. You fill in the blank, whatever it may be, whatever they did to you. But in that moment of crisis, it came a breaking and pieces just scattered. We look at all of this like Ezekiel. Go to verse 3, Sister Beth. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 and 3. God comes to Ezekiel and said, Son of man, can these bones... He first of all got to get the preacher on board. That's just headship. It flows from the body. The edifying of the saints come from the fivefold ministry. That's scripture. It's for the building. It's for the equipping. It's for the getting ready. He says, can you believe this? <laughs> he said, oh God, you know. Even poor old Ezekiel. Well, so I said, I ain't Superman. I, I got days, Brother Kyle, that I'm, I, my faith's down here. Now, I know I'm supposed to be up here going, yeah, bless God, I'm high 24-7. No, ain't no way on this planet. <laughs> ain't no way. I'm looking at God going, can, can you bring these pieces back together? Because right now there ain't no doctor, there ain't no psychologist, there ain't no drug that can put these pieces. There ain't no Gorilla Glue put this together. Now I ain't got no Gorilla Glue fans here. Y'all still crazy gluing. Ain't nothing going to put it together. The pieces are just too scattered. See, but here's what we do. We look at what God is saying he can do. And because we don't have a past experience, because we've never walked this place before. We look to him and go, well, maybe so. It's like today. I feel such, a, there's an unbelieving spirit that's just kind of like, oh God, I've heard that. Oh God, yeah, 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 ha, ha. I feel it, so it's a, I'm not going to deal with it. Just let it ride. But just let it go on record today. The Lord served notice to us. I'm ready to put pieces back together. And whether you and I can believe that or not, I can't believe for you. I gotta, I'm fighting my own battle right now. I, I, <laughs> this is so unpastoral, but I will say, it's every man for himself. <laughs> oh, God, hire and fire. There we go. Brother Benwell's out of here. He don't care. No, I care. But hear me. There comes a time where it's like, I, I'm not interested in whether you believe or not or you're with me or not because right now, like my daddy would say, I'm sucking salt water. I'm trying to believe with everything I got and I got a nose above water. But I know this is sure. As long as there's breath in the body, God's able to do anything. I'm trying to help and encourage somebody. You've got to rise above this place that says it'll never come together.
God starts him on the journey. Next verse, Sister Beth. What are you going to do? Ezekiel. He said, prophesy to the bones. Prophesy to that which is dead. Dirt. When bones decay, they go into they turn into dirt, dust. Why do we say it at a funeral? From the ashes to ashes, dust to dust. He's referring back. He's saying, listen, this spiritual condition. Now, I want you to get a picture of this. This is not just natural text. He's speaking spiritually. I'm trying to help somebody right here understand this because we're looking at this going, okay, God's fixing to turn to some bones and some spirit and there's an army and here we go. Thank you, God, for Israel. But I want you to get this part of it, not that one. He's speaking spiritually. He's speaking abstractly. He's speaking to emotions. You can't quantify an emotion. You can't quantify. We do our best with brain scans and put it on people to try to detect whether they got a brain and it's working. But there are some things, I don't care what that little jigger-jagger does, you ain't going to find it on that little meter at the hospital. I heard it all. They put it on them while they're praying and talking in tongues and, and something happens to the brain and great, and I believe all that. But I'm telling you, there's some things that you and I are going to go through that you can't quantify. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. And I don't know what to do with the pieces. I don't know what to do with it. I don't have a past experience. I don't have a little machine that they can go to the doctor and tell me what's wrong with my crazy emotions and head. I'm speaking abstractly because that's what he's saying here. You can't quantify that. He's speaking to bones, yes. But what he's trying to show them is this. There are some things that only God can do. But you got to see the end. God wants it to be whole. He wants there to be life and life more abundantly. And all the stress and the worry and the fears and all the things that happened to our past and situations that went wrong that should have went right and relationships that should have been right that went wrong and marriages that you and I when you first got married and you cut the cake and you drowned each other in drinking from each other's little glass and everything happy and you're fixing to go on your honeymoon and all that great and six months later. It ain't a white picket fence and there ain't a white pretty house and everything ain't perfect and your marriage is looking and going, oh my God. I know none of y'all did that because y'all just heard the voice of God, thou shalt marry this one. It don't work that way. I'm talking about life. I'm talking about situations that this scripture gives me credence that even the things that you can't control Mistakes and decisions I should have made that I didn't make. I'm trying to help somebody. You think God didn't calculate all of that as pieces? Come on, Peter. Peter, you got all your ducks in a row. You followed Jesus. You're the man's man. You stood up when nobody else had the guts to stand up and say, Thou art the Christ. When all them others were slippery and slimy in their gut and the other disciples didn't have enough grit in their heart to do what they needed, you stood up. Come on, Pete, you the man. 
Man, he's on the fast track to high-paced ministry. He's on a fast track to be the next televangelist all over the world. And the day comes, Peter's soul got rid of everything. He's following Jesus. And they come to take Jesus away. And Peter cuts off the servant, watch, to the high priest. The name of him was Malchus. And Peter, when they came to take Jesus, got mad and said, no. Out of strong will and anger, he cut it off. And Peter, I don't know about you, but I would have looked down, Brother Ken, at the, the ear. I doubt it was flopping on the ground. I doubt it was moving a whole lot. I ain't never seen an ear flop, but I doubt it's going to be. It ain't like a snake's head, you know. That ear just... But I wonder right there, Brother Bushnell, if Peter just looked down and watch this. Watch somebody. If Peter looked down at the ear and go, why did I do that? Why did I cut that ear off? Because according to the law, he going to jail. It's over for Pete. Your ministry's over. You're going to jail. You're in trouble. Here's the kicker. He cut off the high priest's servant. You just came against the high potentate. You came against religious authority of that day. You stood up against religious authority when you shouldn't have. He made a mistake. He sinned. Failed God. Call it whatever you want. But here's what I think Peter did. Peter looked down at the peace. And said, well, I'm going to have to rethink this following Jesus thing now. Because the pieces now are starting to come apart. This one act and broke peace is now going to cause a domino effect in my life. And watch what many of us do. We caught up, get caught up in the dominoes. And we just fall with it. And say, I made the mistake. I failed. And well, God's done with me. God's not going to use me. God can't use somebody like me because at the critical moment I messed up. Let me try to help you. I ain't Jesus. But I will try to put myself where you are. I've been there. I said things and done things I probably shouldn't have done, brother. And I, 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 I feel at that moment, man, I just knew. And I looked at it and go, now the pieces are falling apart. What am I going to do? Do I get in line with the dominoes and just let it all fall apart? It would be like you, Brother Smith. Let me pick on you this morning. Elder, retired minister. And let's just say your, your hearing just goes out or whatever it may be. Just some ailment. Pieces are falling apart. You can't do what you used to could do. Brother Wade, you can't do what you used to could do. Dad, you can't do. I'm finding. I can't do what I used to could do. I get it. I get it. I'm getting there. I can't do how I, I used to could just. That's physical. What about mental? What about the mental things that we used to could just lick? We could just go, bless God, I just know God. And now we're getting a little older. And I just don't handle things quite as well as I used to. You know what I'm saying? We got pieces. But if you can remember. That even in these changes of life, whether it be natural or whether it be my own mistake like Peter, sin, whatever it may be, you fill in the gap wherever you want to fill it. 
you need to remember this. That when Jesus, go back to that scripture. When God, he did it in Jesus. When Jesus did it for Peter, he picked up that ear. And he said, I tell you what. Whom? And he put that ear back. Why? Because he was painting a picture for you and I. I created this body. And I created this body to be whole. I'm not saying you and I can't go through life missing an ear, missing an arm. You need to see it symbolically. See it abstractly. What God's trying to tell you and I. I want to make you whole in mind. I want to make you whole in spirit. I want to make you. That's why God gives us the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not just a Pentecostal thing. The Holy Ghost is a Bible thing. When you get the Holy Ghost, God's saying, you're making the first step to being whole. I can make your spirit whole. I can make your soul whole. There ain't no thing there ain't nothing in this world can fix you and I but when you get the Holy Ghost everything starts coming together he starts putting the ear back he starts putting the go to the next verse 5 thus saith the Lord unto these bones because how cause breath to enter to you next you'll live next verse and I will lay sin you I will bring flesh. I'll cover you. You see the process? He's starting from the inside out. And here's what I'm telling somebody. Your world is in pieces. Your marriage is in pieces. Your families are in pieces. You're dealing with past issues that are still in pieces that we never got over. Who would get honest? I still got things. Sister Bushnell. Still pieces. I'm trying to. Well, if I'd have done this, if I'd have done that, if I'd have. But notice what God does. Hear me. He starts from the inside and works out. You're trying to put your marriage together without the inner fix. You're trying to put your world together without the inner fix. You're trying to debate and you're trying to do all this stuff. And I thank God for every doctor and every drug and everything that they give to everybody to try to help us to cope in this crazy hour. I thank God for any of that. I'm not against any of that. But what I'm trying to paint to somebody here today is this. If you want to truly see the pieces come back together, it starts with an inward change. This is why the enemy hates you praying. It don't want you to pray. It's going to do everything in its power to get you to not pray. It fights me just as much as it fights you. I'm trying to put myself where you are. We're in the same boat. We're fighting this thing together in the same elements. Prayer is a fight. Fasting is going to be a fight. Reading the word of God's a fight. Every time you go to read it, the phone's going to ring. Every time you go to read it, there'll be a knock at the door. Every time you go to read it, there'll be a thought come against your mind trying to make you think about something that ain't done that should be done. And for people that's OCD like me, that drives us crazy. Somewhere in all of this, I've got to say no. I gird the loins of my mind and thank God for the Holy Ghost. That's why people that fight and say, well, I just don't need it. And they want to argue. I want to say, my God, if God could live in you and help you to live, why in the world wouldn't you want the Holy Ghost? It's the best thing. It's better than any drug or any alcohol you and I could ever take. What am I going to do with my pieces? He said, I want to work from the in out. 
I want to work inside you. I want to do something in you. You ain't going to change it by how smart you are. Listen, I got a college degree and I learned, Sister Becky, that really that thing ain't worth nothing when it comes to dealing with people. It's psychology. You know what? Poor old Freud. Y'all think I'm kidding. Y'all do know he was a Jew. You do know he was anti-God. Go study history. He was anti-God. But we're going to listen to psychology. Oh, I can go down the road. Don't let me go down Pavlo salivating dogs. They were anti-God. Openly anti-God. So I, I no. Listen, hey, but I tell you one thing I can do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen to what that word says. Because notice that this is how it started. When, G, when God came to Ezekiel, he said, the word of the Lord. What brings the first act in me and your life of life coming and the pieces coming is the word of God. You and I cannot make it without the word of God. God began to speak through that man of God. And between the two of them, life began to move. And God, like right now in this service, and that's why I said this is abstract. I might not see an army coming together. I might not see shields and swords and how we think and all this kind of stuff. But you hear me. As the word of God's going forth today, God already showed me. There's sin you being put on some of you. There's something God's doing in your heart right now because you're looking at the pieces. And my marriage my family, my home, my kids my, all my family, it's in disarray but today God's putting some sinew, God's doing a work inside of you you can't see don't stop now, don't doubt now don't doubt it now you mean it's that easy? it's that easy repent, be baptized in Jesus name and God fills you with the Holy Ghost and you speak with other tongues, it's that easy because the same spirit that spoke to these bones and began to work from the inside out is the same spirit that will speak to you and begin to work from the inside out in your life. Without the spirit of God in you, you're a sitting duck. I don't mean it. Look, you ain't got to join this church. You can go wherever you want to go. I don't. That, that's between you and Jesus. But you hear me, and I say that to saints, sinners. I don't care who you are. Me, I, I'll join another church. I don't care. Here's the point. Get the Spirit of God in you. Because if the Spirit of God be in you, the process can start. And God can start giving you strength and help. And where you're fumbling and failing and you're trying to keep finances together and you're stressing over your nerve and you're taking every medication under the sun to try to keep your nerves together. I declare in this house today, God can heal you of your emotions. He can heal you of your mind. It's like he heals the body. He'll heal your mind. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe that. I can't give it to you. You've got to take the word of God that's going forth. He said, know that I'm the Lord. Let's go, Sister Beth, quick. Verse 7. He said, I prophesied. Here it is. God told him, but he had to move. God's speaking, but you've got to move. And we and I can keep looking at the pieces and the pieces will always stay fragmented and in all kind of broken, shattered places. 
But if we want to see wholeness to our families, wholeness to our marriage, wholeness to our relationship, wholeness to how we deal with each other. Folks, I say it again. There's not one person under the sound of my voice, including me, that hasn't been done wrong by somebody. We're all subject to it. But I'm not going to let what was done wrong rob me from a spirit move. You hear me? Because if I let what was done by my spouse, friend, fella, neighbor, home, kid, job, employer, if I let any of that rob me of my praise, rob me of my worship, rob me of my prayer, I now become the loser in the, in the situation instead of the one that gets the benefit of if I keep God in this and keep my eye on him. God's going to work this to my good. God's going to work this to his pleasure. God's going to work this for the benefit of his kingdom. He said, I prophesied and when he did, the noise shaking. Now, just for those that say you don't have to talk in tongues when you get the Holy Ghost, Wherever there's a spiritual utterance, there's a noise. Don't anybody ever tell you, well, you can just, I got the spirit, but I never talked in tongues. According to scripture, if you never talked in tongues, there's no spirit. That's scripture. And there was a noise, a shaking, a moving. Something happened. Why? Because God's letting everybody know this is where I am. That's why you talk in tongues. It's not because it's some Pentecostal thing. Yes, it was on the day of Pentecost. That's just a feast. That's why I always like saying, I'm apostolic. Call me Pentecostal. Pentecostal is a maintenance mindset. Apostolic is a lifestyle. I want to live like the apostles live. I want to do what they did. I want to see blinded eyes open, deaf ears unstopped, families restored, marriages put back together, finances blessed, and the church of God thriving in a way never before. And it began to move. Next verse. And Mahel. Sinew flesh came, boom, 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 boom. But what? There was no spirit. You've got the work of God, but no spirit. His work is evident here today. You're here. That's a work of God. God did his, here's how he works. You're, that's going to work today. Your legs are going to work today. Your brain going to work today. You're going to move. That's the work of God. You can be here in the work of God and no spirit. He's working. You're moving. There's no spirit, there's no new life. He says, Hold on, I got to give breath. Next verse. Musicians come. Then he said, And then prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, say to the wind, Thus saith, Come in front of the floor. Next verse. I prophesied his command, and the breath came unto them, and they lived. Here's the objective. Before you can be whole, he's got to start with life in you. Not just your life. He gave you and I life in the beginning. That's the life, that's the, the life of life. That you can function as a created being. But true life is when God's spirit breathes into you and I. He said, the breath came, they live, and here's what happened. They stood. Now here's the funniest part about it all, Brother Butch. The pieces got legs. The pieces stood up. I don't know about you, but I'm looking at some things. I got a pile of pieces over here. I got a pile of pieces over here. I got a pile of pieces over here. But if I can get the wind blowing and the word spoken, 
They're going to get legs. That marriage is going to begin to stand again where it was crumbling and falling. It's going, that old relationship. Uh, let me get real plain for some of you right now. Where there was no flicker in love one another, God can give you love back one to another. God can heal the mind. God can heal the family. God can give you a. Hey, let me go further. Is there anybody here? Don't raise your hand. But maybe when you first got the Holy Ghost, you remember it, God. Man, we were excited. We called prayer meet, man, everybody there. We'd be jumping. We'd be living, lifting our hands. You know. But about 20 years pass. I ain't as spontaneous. The love between me and him. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I find that I'm not keeping some of the commandments. My love between me and him has kind of grown dull. Kind of just plain. Come on, he gets that way in marriage. Brother Lynn, Brother Sister Shirley. Man, y'all kept a spark. You might have brought her coffee early in the morning. Said, here, baby. And you ain't showing up with roses no more because, my God, you get stuck. We'd have to put 15 bandages on you or something. I don't know. You can't do what you used to could do. But you'll bring her a little cup of coffee. You'll maybe pass by her and say, I see your hand pretty close there to your leg. Who says at 80 you can't still have a spark? Oh, y'all went to marriage 101 with, with Dr. So-and-so. Hey, thank God for that. But you know what I attribute it to? You kept your relationship with God, Brother Mark and Tail, fresh. You always stayed in love with Him. And because you stayed in love with him, it was easy to stay in love with her. It's hard not to get along when you ain't in love with you're mad at God because he won't do what you want him to do. Uh, y'all want me to preach for another hour? Oh, some of y'all said, oh, God, get out of here, Benoit. Let's close. The feet stood, they all stood up on their feet. Let's all stand. Let's do what the scripture said. Next verse. Then said he unto me, son of man, here it is. Homes are of the whole house. You know what God just said? Where Rehoboam and Jeroboam just messed this whole thing up? Where they fragmented and broke the kingdom into pieces? I never meant for it to be that way. What would happen, Brother Bush, now if all our organizations came together? Imagine what we could do. That's, that's, that's like a miracle of the dead being raised. But man, if we did, can you imagine all of us that believe the same doctrine? So we disagree over blue shirt, red shirt. Let's just come together. He says, everything that was messed up, I'm bringing the pieces together. And I'm going to do what I wanted to do from the beginning. Wholeness. But he said, here's one contingency. I dealt with the preacher. I got him kind of out of his unbelief. He's believing. I got the word going. But now, people are saying, this is too dried up. Our hope is gone. The parts are too far. The pieces are too cut off. Who today could honestly say, you don't have to raise your hand. This is a private moment. But you could say, my prayer's dried up. 
marriage is dried up. My finances are dried up. My walk with God's dried up. I'm here today just as a last-ditch effort that just maybe God even knows where I'm at. That's what they said. The pieces are too far apart. I'm here to declare to you the answer to the question. What are we going to do with the pieces? i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to speak to them and declare God wants them whole. God wants them whole. Before you even come to this altar, I want you to lift your hands all across this building right now. And here's what we're going to do. Let's talk to God together. Just me, me and the Lord, you and the Lord. Just close your eyes and talk to Him right now. Come on, if the Word of God talked to your heart and your spirit today, and you're saying, what am I going to do with the pieces of my life, my home, my family, my job, my finances? What am I going to do? i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to let the Spirit of God work on it. We're going to let the Spirit of God move. We're going to let the Word of God work. Is that anybody here today that you can say that by the lifting of your hands? Now, come on, step out of that pew and let's all come to this front together as a family. This is about families today. It's about homes and families. Because let me tell you what, a stronger family in God will build a stronger community. It'll build a stronger workforce. It'll build stronger things that matter. The little things do matter, and God's wanting to do that to somebody today. Come on, come together. Come on, feel all across this front here today. Come on, come as close as you can. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. And begin to declare the name of the Lord right now. Speak. God, I speak to these pieces. It's coming back together. My mind's going to come together. My prayer life's going to come together. My walk with God's going to come back together. Come on, speak it today. You've got to declare to the dryness of the bones. God's going to do this for me. Come on, God knows where you are. God knows what you're going through. God sees your battle and struggle. You're not alone in all of this. God is trying to reach through his word today to let you know it's never too far gone. Just close your eyes. Just tilt your head back. Come on, just talk to him right now. It may look like the pieces are so far scattered. It'll never come together. I'm telling you today, God can do anything. Anything if you'll put your trust in him. Put your faith and hope in him. You say, well, I've been doing that, preacher, and it still ain't worked out. Just hang on. Be patient. Let God work it out in his time. Don't get ahead of God. Let God do it in his time. Ministering brethren, help me to pray right now. Ministering brethren, find somebody to pray with. We've got multiple people at these altars. Find somebody to pray with right now. Come on, ministers, help me right now. Come on, just close your eyes and just love him right now. That's all we need to do. Just close your eyes and worship him. Come on, home church. This is what we've been talking about, the altar not being common. Because there's needs in this altar today. And we need to keep our mind on him. I need some elder saints of God. Come on, keep your mind on him today. Help me right now create the atmosphere in this altar.